Come on, let's say hi to our, our online people. God bless you. It's good to see you. Great to have you with us. If you're a guest today, we want to make sure that, you know, if you fill out that connection card, promise nobody's going to hound you at your house or anything like that. Uh, you know, we just are thankful that you're here. Stop at the guest kiosk out front. You can get a t-shirt. It says Live Life on Purpose. Those that are watching online, if you come and see us in person, we can make sure you get that shirt as well. But it's just good to be alive. It's good to, you know, sometimes you're like, oh, man, but it, it's so, stuff is so nasty out. You know, well, we're going to talk today about some stuff that's going to get nasty. But God is good. Come on. All the time and all the time he's good. So let's just, uh, it's just going to be a great, it's going to be a great day. As we unfold and open up some of this book, I mean, there's 22 chapters in this book, crazy deep. In a good way. I mean, just like symbolic and all kinds of stuff. We're going to talk now, just, just some, I'm, I'm not going in complete depth of everything. I'm kind of giving an overview of different things that are happening. And I'm hoping and believing that you're going to get into your word and your Bible. And you're going to kind of look at some of what we're talking about today. And then just say, oh, wow, that's what, you know, so I'm going to do what we can here. And I certainly want to follow the leading of the Lord. Uh, but there's so much, you know, I want to kind of keep your interest, so to speak, uh, before I spit on everything and uh, uh, get everything all out and, and, and what we need to look at. So are we okay with that? It's going to be a good day. We're going to learn some stuff. And Jesus is still on the throne. Aren't you glad about that? I mean, he's still, he's still doing what he does, and he doesn't do anything wrong. So this is good. Let's pray real quick. Father, in the name of Jesus, open our minds and our hearts. Help us to get today what you've had for us. And Lord, let us walk in it, and we thank you for it in Jesus' name. <laughs> We're going to jump into chapter 6 in the book of Revelation. And this is the opening of the seal. So I'm just... Gonna, you know, we're gonna talk about the seals are opened in this chapter. The tribulation begins. The things that we've been, you know, some of you are like, oh, I can't wait till we get into that stuff. We are getting into some of that stuff today. Four horsemen of the apocalypse, uh, right out, they're released, and so we're gonna talk about some of that stuff. Judgment gets real. You know, the hammer's coming down, so to speak. This is much bigger than Judge Judy or anybody you're ever watching on TV. <laughs> Okay, but let's kind of review just a little bit of what we've talked about. Uh, last week we left off with the scroll, and we talked about we've talked about the king's chair, meaning the throne. That's where God sits. We you know we know that. Uh, we talked about that scroll being the title deed for the earth back in that day. Um, a scroll is written kind of like what we've done pretty much today. That kind of stuff where it was written on one side and and sealed. You know. Um, and it would have one seal. That was the normal. This scroll is written on both sides and sealed seven times. And what we found out was that it was written on the back side because if the deed or that was a title <coughs> wasn't able to be paid in full, then it was sealed, those seven seals, it was written on the back side what it would take to have that done. And so if somebody was losing their house, that deed was then written on the back what the balance was, sealed seven times. Unless they had the thing paid off, they could not, the seal could not be opened, and that couldn't happen. So we talked about that. That seal was handed to Jesus. Remember John? Uh, we talked about the lion of the tribe of Judah. When John looked, he didn't see a lion. What did he see but a, a slaughtered lamb? Remember, we talked even about now John the Baptist, a different John that said, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. This is all things that are leading up to what we are talking about today. All of this amazing things that Jesus did for you and I. Um, there are seven seals on that scroll, uh, and we're going to start watching as Jesus opens each one of those. And again, that, those represent the price tag for redeeming the earth. We said that that was the title deed for the earth. That's what it, the scripture leads us to believe. Um, and it's Jesus is taking it back from Satan. It was in his rule. How did it get in his rule? We talked about Adam and Eve. Remember, they were given in the garden, and they willingly just gave it back, you know, gave it, not back, but gave it over to Satan, and Jesus had to go and get it back. There's no secret to know that that price tag was high to get that back and paying that full price to get it back from the enemy. Revelation 6.1, let's start right there. Are you ready? Come on, we're going to do this today. 
says, as I watched, the lamb broke the first of the seven seals on the scroll. Then I heard one of the four living beings saying with a voice like thunder, come. Now, remember this four of the living beings. We talked about that before. Remember the, the eyes on the wings and all of that stuff. So this is just putting everything together in a picture. What we're about to read is the opening of each seal. And with each, each one comes judgment. Judgment is starting to be poured out on the earth. John is told to look down uh, from heaven back to the earth, and he is able to see the judgments that is released. This, when this starts happening, this is the beginning of the tribulation period. And I want us to get a solid handle or a grasp on this, uh, what's happening. And I want us to, if you remember in the beginning when we started this, I gave you kind of a simple outline. So let's go back and look at that. We've talked about what you have seen. If you remember in the beginning, he saw Jesus. That was chapter 1. What is now? That was the church age, chapters 2 and 3. We talked about different denominations that were made and all of that stuff. And uh, then number 3, what is to come and will take place after this, chapters 4 and 22. And uh, we are now in chapter 6. So we are in what is to come and will take place after this. So in the end times, the rapture of the church in heaven are chapters 4 and 5. 6 through 19 deal with tribulation and the judgment of the earth. 19, Jesus is coming back to not only, I mean, he's just setting up the millennial reign in chapter 20, where a thousand years we reign with him. Come on, isn't that awesome? A thousand years reigning with him. Uh, and then chapter 21 and 22, the new heavens and the new earth. There's a lot to cover. We're not going to cover all of that today, obviously. We're just going to get and just kind of scratch the surface. But we've, we've reviewed, we're caught up, we're kind of on the same page a little bit. If you're just tuning in, you can find these online, and you can find us leading up to this point, and you can go to, we have a, a, uh, not only our website, truelifemarion.com, but you can also get the, uh, the app uh, at the app store, and, and it'll have that stuff on there as well. So, all right, back to chapter 6, the beginning of tribulation. So exactly what is tribulation? It's seven years long. You need to know that. The last seven years of the earth as we know it. Now let me stop right there, and we might be saying right now, the earth has already changed as we know it. People have said now what we're going through now is the new normal. Have you ever heard that? So, you know, oh, well, you know, I've had people I've waited in, well, I haven't waited on them, but I've been in line waiting, and, you know, now every place has that six feet apart thing, and hallelujah, you know, you're just like, okay, all right, you know, when you go to the grocery store, it's almost like, do I put my stuff up on that little track, or do I wait? Now, I went to one store the other day, and this is what they said, you don't come forward till I call you. My first thought was, you don't know my name. But anyway, you know, I'm like, okay. So they wait, and then I can help you now. I mean, I can see that. All the other person's stuff is off like, I guess, COVID is attracted to whatever groceries I have. Never mind. <laughs> but anyway, there's people that say, that's the new normal. This will be the way it is for the rest of our lives. I don't believe that. I mean, I don't want to believe that. Now, you know, I, I would like to think, how many remember when it just was nice to not have to wear a mask? Now there's some places that they're, they're requiring you, you got to wear two. You got to wear one, and then you got to wear a shield. Really? And, and of course, <laughs> if there's a curfew, moving on. <laughs> what about when we, you know, when we were growing up? Dear God, when we were growing up, I played when the mosquito truck went down the road. <laughs> Did you guys? I don't. Maybe I'm the only one. I don't. My mom was probably go play, have fun. I mean, me and my, my friend across the street, Mike Miller, we went, you know, that truck went by, there's all that mist, and we're like, woo! It really has no effect. I mean, I don't know, but I'm just saying that there's a lot of things that have happened, but I, I believe that some type of norm, it's, it's going to, you know, that we will return. Because what we're going to read about puts this, it's not even on the map. You know what I'm saying? And I'm telling you, we need to make sure that our hearts are right. Because I don't know when Jesus is coming back. I mean, I don't. He could come back while I'm talking. He could come back in, in a year from now, five years, 10 years, 200 years. I don't know, but most of the things that I can understand or that I read, nothing is stopping him from coming. He's waiting on the Father to say, go get him. And so I'm just like, oh my, we got to get this right. So we're going to open this book and look at some of this stuff today. Seven years and the earth, as we know it from this point, it will be radically different. The tribulation word actually means trouble or trial. 
And it's basically God's judgment on the world. How many are here because you had some mama or grandma or grandpa or some aunt, uncle, somebody in your house praying for you to find Jesus or get here? Come on. I mean, what is happening in this tribulation, and, and I'm not going into complete depth, but I'm just saying seven years, and in three and a half, they divide that up. And there's going to be a part in there. That second half is not going to be fun. Not that the first half is going to be a ball either. But things aren't as they appear. But what I'm telling you is, evil is leashed with no holes barred. We don't even understand the concept of that. Because even as I speak now, you can say, well, there's, there's terrible stuff going on. There is terrible stuff going on. But thank God there are still angels that are on assignment stopping some terrible stuff from happening. Because the prayers of the saints are still working. You need to understand, prayers still bind, prayers still loose, power stills here, authority, you have it, Jesus gave it to you. And we must exercise that. It is stopping the evil from coming in. Do you know how many times did you just felt like, I just want a different way today? I mean, God has just protected you. So many times, you don't even know how many times, your angel's probably like, oh, you know, I want the enemy to know when my feet hit the floor, oh, no, he's awake. He's up. You know, I don't want my angel to be like, oh, no, not another day of this guy. You know, I want him to be on assignment, but in a good way. I want to be going after the things of God. So evil is going to be not kept in. It's just going to be allowed. And evil does what evil does. Evil. And so many people are thinking, oh, you know, I don't know. People can't be, I'm just telling you. The Bible makes it pretty plain. I mean, just even leading up to this, did you know a good tree can't bear bad fruit? And a bad tree can't bear good fruit. You all know people, and God knows people, and I get that. There are some people that you know that God has changed them. They're literally night and day. You know, if that's how they were, they met Jesus, and all of a sudden they're transformed. Come on, in that scriptural. Old lives passed away. All things become new. And there's other people that aren't what they seem at all. And they have got other people fooled. Am I right about it? And you're like, I don't know, something is not right. This is where evil is just allowed. The hammer is coming down. The, the hammer on the Motown is coming down. God's going to put the stomp on, okay, this is what's happening. No more are prayers holding back the floodgates of what hell wants to do. Man gets to see just how wicked things are. Right now, we think, and there are places I'm not saying are not wicked or things aren't happening, but not like what's coming. Basically, God's bringing justice. And you need to understand that tribulation is one final attempt for God saying, I still, do you know that it is his will that none should perish? Not even one. He doesn't want any to perish. Did you know that hell was created? It wasn't for believers. The word is very specific. It is created for the devil and his demons. And, you know, I, I think there's going to be angels that's going to hold Pastor Kim back. She's going, let me kick him. Let me kick him. Just let me get up there. I mean, you know, whew, she's just ready. Because, you know, she's, she's going to do it, man. She's going to be like, She's a cheerleader, so she's like, kick him in, go. I'm just saying. He's given one more chance. The gospel is proclaimed to every last person. And people will get saved during the tribulation. And that's, that's huge. But it's also hard to take because during that time, most what could probably won't live through that. And they will wish, but they'll be glad that they're saved because they're going to make heaven. You know, some, some people just go, I just want to get under the door. No, you do not. That's too much of a fine line. You better make sure you're right. Man, I'm like, I don't want there to be a doubt. I want my children to know my daddy blazed a trail. But he's given everybody a chance because at that point, 
There's going to be a point in that seven-year time period where if you want to get food, you want to do anything, you're going to have to have a certain thing on a certain part of your body. And if you get that mark, you ain't making a trip, according to that. And if you don't take the mark, they are looking for you. And when they find you, that's how you go out. You don't want that. Now, I'm not here to scare you, although that's kind of scary. What I'm here to do is tell you that God is doing everything that he can for man to say, you are God. So what's the purpose of the tribulation? Well, let's look at Daniel 9. In this chapter, God lays out a timetable for the ultimate plan for Israel and for the world. It was written about 600 B.C., and he gives very amazing prophecies, and they are spot on, and they are about predicting empires, leaders, wars for many centuries. God's timetable is 70 weeks, where a week is seven years instead of seven days as we know it. So 70 weeks is 490 years. 69 of them, of those 70 weeks, lead up to Jesus' death. Then just like you have a DVD player, I said in the first service, I almost said VCR or CD player, so it tells you my age. You know, I was just turned around to Jay when we were singing that last, uh, Nothing is Impossible, and you hear that, uh, the keyboard sounds kind of 70s, 80s, it just makes me want to, you know, almost <laughs> John Travolta everything on that, but I love that song. Anyway, um, 69 is, uh, is led up to Jesus' death, then God hits the pause on, like the DVD player, just puts it on pause, and uh, that's the church age, chapters 2 and 3. And then the rapture of the church, and once the church is raptured, and again, this is my belief, and we'll talk about that here in a second, then he hits that play button again. Then the clock starts ticking. So the last week is the last seven years of the tribulation. In Daniel 9, the purpose is revealed. Look at 924. A period of 70 sets of seven have been decreed for your people and your holy city to finish their rebellion, to put an end to their sin, to atone for their guilt, to bring in everlasting righteousness, to confirm the prophetic vision, and to anoint the most holy place. So the plan is plain as we look at it. Stop and end sin, atone and cover sin, and make it right, everlasting righteousness. Now, in the Old Testament, when they got rid of sin, they did it by the blood of animals, and it was only a yearly thing. It was a temporary thing. Jesus came, and so when we say atone, that's, that is a good word, but Jesus didn't just cover. He, he obliterated so he came, and it was once and for all sacrifice. So knowing all of that, let's, let's move on just a little bit. Righteousness, that's a big word, and sometimes it's just kind of like, oh, I don't know. I'm not understanding what that means. Easily this is. Righteousness is just basically God's right way of doing things, living God's way rightly. Does that make sense? Righteousness. We are just doing it God's way. And so we are doing things God's way um, and so it is living right under him and also right with each other. You cannot just act any way you always want and say whatever you want and do whatever you want. Don't you wish we could? And it seems like some do that, doesn't it? And like, how come they don't have to, you know, they, don't, they can seem to just flap their lips in the wind and anything that comes down the track. But I can't do that. Well, again, God, every word that comes out of your mouth, he sees and he knows. So he is, he is taking account for all that. This is, we need to understand, this is not just for the moment or the time being. When we are raptured, in other words, remember that word is caught up. That's the meaning of that. The word rapture is not actually in the scripture, but that is the meaning. Rapture is caught up when we are caught up with Jesus in the air. We are forever with him. That doesn't mean that, hey, this is just a 70-week vacation for him. No, this is now for the end of ever. There's no end to ever. So I really can't even say the end of ever. It's just forever. And what you do in this life will echo what you'll be doing in the next. So, you know, again, if I'm just going to slide under the door, if I got under the door, hallelujah, but man, I want to be doing what God wants me to do, so I want to do everything he tells me in this life because he's going to put me in charge of things in that one. That's how that works. That's pretty amazing, and that's like, oh, oh, God, that's awesome. So forever is forever. So let's get back to Revelation 6. 
We're getting right now to the seal, 6-2. I looked up and saw a white horse standing there. Its rider carried a bow. A crown was placed on his head. He rode out to win many battles and gain the victory. So the first seal releases the first of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. This is a person on a right horse. Oh, right horse. White horse, excuse me. And Revelation is full of symbolism, symbolic of real things, things that are happening. And The horseman rides a white horse. He carries a bow, and he has a crown. There are some that think that this is Jesus since he rides a white horse in chapter 19. I disagree. I say no, because the other three riders are war, famine, and death, and that's not exactly Jesus' posse. That's not the peeps he hangs out with. And if you remember, he took the seal, he took the letter from the Father, the scroll from the Father. He's opening that. So I don't agree with that, but he is breaking those seals. And this this writer is a copycat. He is trying to look like a savior. Some say it's the Antichrist. And so let me just go on. He carries a bow and a weapon. He could be interpreted as a rainbow, a covenant of peace. And uh, here again, rainbow is symbolism. What God means a rainbow symbolizes is not what the world is saying a rainbow symbolizes. Are we understanding? So um, in Daniel, as well as 2 Thessalonians, we know the Antichrist will be a charismatic world leader. He's going to be a good speaker. He's good with people. He'll make a peace treaty with Israel. He'll solve the mess in the Middle East. But he is not who people think he is. He will use the promise of peace to conquer and that's what you know, he's going to do. And so there's going to be, in that whole period, there's going to be the Antichrist that's going to appear, and it's going to be, a, it's going to be the, oh, he's the answer. But again, midway in the seven years, things will be pulled apart and revealed. So you'll get to see. Revelation 6, 3, and 4 is the second seal. The lamb broke the second seal. I heard a second living being saying, come. Then another horse appeared, a red one. His rider was given a mighty sword and the authority to take peace from the earth, and there was war and slaughter everywhere. Now, I don't, that really almost needs no explanation. During wartime, there isn't a whole lot of peace, is there? But he is pulling peace away. It just says he's taking peace. Now, we already know who the prince of peace is, and he's taken back the keys to the kingdom for you to be able to use the authority now. But we are talking now, this is what's happening on judgment. So there's just slaughter. There's just war. It's not a pretty picture. So we've got two seals open now. And he continues. Uh, chapter 6, 5 and 6. The lamb broke the third seal. The third living being said, come. I look up and saw a black horse. This rider was holding a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard a voice from among the... Four living beings saying, a loaf of wheat, bread, or three loaves of barley will cost a day's pay, and don't waste the olive oil and wine. There's a lot of things in there. Now, when I was saying scales, it's not talking about like fish scales. It's talking about weight scales, okay? So you need to understand. Now, if you come Thursday morning, we do prayer, we do a teaching, and then we do prayer. And the teaching, you know, we're talking about what we esteem. If you esteem something, you're lifting it up. When you don't esteem it, you know, then you bring it down and the other end goes up. That's how scales work. And so what we're seeing in this is we're seeing this particular writer is bringing the, let me, let me put it in another way. Let's see. The scripture talks about, you know, the things that are valuable to you now that people are just like, eh, what will it take to buy food? What will it take? You know, so that things can really change. But it paints a picture of the poor suffer while the rich, you know, they just it even says, don't waste the olive oil and the wine. So they're, you know, it's just they're going to oppress more of the people that can't or figure out what to do. The others will gain. They just sit on their laurels as lazy kings and try to get as much as they can from anybody else. So what is going on? What is happening? Do you know that most famines caused in the world, it's not because of ecology, it's not because the earth doesn't have enough food that can produce to, to meet those needs, it's usually because of power and politics, what gets released or what's done or what's not being able to be taught or we can't do this or we can't do that. In other words, a lot of things are man-made 
And so the seal judgment seemed to be not as much as, now think about what I'm about to say, God's punishment on him as leaving man to their own devices and lusts. Now, let me just talk about that for just a second. The Antichrist is the ultimate human leader that went rogue and he wouldn't submit to God. That's why he got kicked out of heaven. And man makes peace by basically domination. You don't want to submit to me? Here's what we do. The poor and the poverty people struggle while the rich make their lives easier at anybody else's expense. They do not care. Have you ever heard this phrase? You made your bed, go lie in it. There are, there are, this is what's happening. Now, remember when we talked about evil being pulled, or not evil, but God's grace, his hand, his protection being pulled, and evil being allowed to just run. Remember in the Bible where the Israelites, they complained about everything. You know, they're God's people, but man, they were a whiny bunch. But we do the same thing, don't we? I mean, you know, there's been times in ministry we bless people with money, and I actually had somebody that was mad because it wasn't fresh, crisp money from the bank. I'm like, give it back. <laughs> it spins just like fresh, crisp. It's not, it's not a new $100 bill. We expected new. Probably not the right attitude. I didn't take it back, by the way, but that's years ago. Anyway, what is happening is, remember the Israelites saying, God, you, you brought us out of the wilderness to die. That's what you did. We could have, and then back, and we had a better one. We were with the Egyptians. And he got them to the Red Sea. Oh, you brought us out here. Here, and they're going to come, and they're going to kill us. And then they got, oh, we're, we need something to eat. And God sends manna. We're sick of manna. We need meat. And then he sends them quail. We are sick of quail. So the Bible says it was even coming, you know, they're just, um, I'm sick of it. All kind, of, but they just complain and complain. And, you know, Moses was kind of like, he's, he's actually, God, please, I know. Because they're, they're just left to their own. The Bible says that God gave them leanness of soul. You know what your soul is? Your mind, your will, and your emotions. People think they know what's right. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I got it all figured out. You know, I'm done it. I had a guy tell me one time, me and God got a good thing going on. Me and God. Word, yeah. I'm like, do you, do you pray? No. Read your Bible? No. Go to church? No. Just what do you and God have, you know, because God's love and he understands me so I can do whatever I want. That's not how that reads. But what's going to happen is this part. That's the way you want it. Have it your way. You think Burger King? They're about to get. God's just going to say, okay, life without God. Now, God's still full of grace and mercy. We'll, we'll see that as we go on. Re Revelation 6, 7, and 8. The lamb broke the fourth seal. I heard the fourth living being saying, come. I looked up and saw a horse whose color was pale green. Its rider was named Death. His companion was the grave. Some call this one Hades or hell. These two were given authority over one-fourth of the earth to kill with the sword, famine, and disease, and wild animals. Think about, I mean... My mind just goes to, like, how we could talk about these things forever. Think about when the enemy got kicked out of heaven, him and a third of the angels got kicked out. So, you know, he had a posse with him. He was already working stuff against God. And God, in his grace, you know, this is, and then we have a world now who God made, and man has messed it up. And, and there's going to be a point in this judgment where God's like, all right. I'm telling you that you need to listen. The line has already been snapped. There's already a line. There's not a point where you can be like, I'm going to straddle this. I'm going to be God. And hey, at the right time, if I think I'm wrong, I'm going to kind of be in the world in this way. You know what? You're going to be sorry you did that. You need to just pick a side. Because if you pick a side, I would, you know what I'm saying? If you're going to be evil, then you be evil. But I'm going to beat you because the book says we do. 
then you have it whatever you want. But as God is my witness, you're going down. And God is going to triumph, and he's got this thing all worked out. But you cannot straddle both sides. Well, God is love. He, he, if he has so much love, he won't send me to hell. He won't send you to hell. You'll send yourself. Because there is a choice to be made. And if you don't choose, you chose. Because to get to heaven, you have to choose. Let's look at the fifth seal. There's no more horsemen. And again, that's a quick review of just horsemen, but they're not bringing anything good. Revelation 6, 9, when the Lamb broke the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of all who had been martyred for the word of God and for being faithful in their testimony. These are people that have been killed because of their faith in Christ. They cry out to God for justice. And this kind of, as I'm reading this, I'm like, wow. Revelation 6, 10 says, they shouted to the Lord and said, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you judge the people who belong to this world and avenge our blood for what they have done to us? They're crying for vengeance. Christian martyrs want vengeance? Let's just get real. Can we do that? Come on. There There are people in the sound of my voice, people online, and there are people that have just did you wrong. But can I tell you, now listen to what I'm saying, not in a prideful way god did not miss it he saw it and he have you heard the scripture vengeance is the lord's he will bring justice he will bring the right justice you do not have to do it yourself the lord will take care of you and these people have settled their faith in knowing god you will avenge us you will justify this whole mess Even in the sound of my voice today, if this is going across the world, there are people that are being beaten and tortured and put to death because of their faith in Jesus Christ. Somewhere in this world. But God will make it right when this is all over. Vengeance is the Lord's. Some of us, we think about this. We're afraid to just even say anything about God because it might offend someone. I challenge you. I'm not saying shove things down their throat. Use wisdom, sure. Use what the Holy Spirit, but live it then. I heard a story. I just heard it yesterday. Amazing story. I was just like, and we've all been there. This guy was in the doctor's office. And he was sick. And he's waiting to get seen. And the place is packed. And um, <laughs> yeah, I think it was very recent. So it could have been, you know, people thinking they have COVID or whatever. And they're in there, you know, and da-da-da-da-da. And so there's people everywhere. And he is number 47. They're giving you numbers. And the nurse comes out and says, number four. And he's like, oh, help me, Jesus. And there in the whole time he's in there, there is a kid. And let's call the kid Jim, Jimmy. I'm making that name up because I don't remember the kid's name. And the kid is just being a kid. And he is just jumping on chairs and running around and ha, 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 And, you know, and the mom is there and she's tried to settle him down, but the kid is just... And he's all excited, and, and everybody, they're sick, and so they're annoyed, and they're thinking what you and I would be thinking if I had me some duct tape and Velcro, maybe a little bit of Benadryl, we can fix this situation. You know, you're going through those kind of things, aren't you? Yeah, I wouldn't do that. I would bought my kids. I'd tell them, I'd take them out to the car. I'd tell them a thing or two. I'd bring them right back in. You know, we all have our parenting ways. And we'd all be there. Don't you look at me there. You know, we'd all be thinking that. And this guy, he's irritated by this kid, and he's like, two and a half or two hours and 45 minutes is the estimated wait time for him to even see the doctor. And Jimmy runs over and jumps and kicks him in the foot, and ha, 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 and, and he's just looking at him like, and Jimmy stops and says, mister, you don't look good. And he said, I don't feel good. 
And Jimmy says, are you going to be all right, mister? And this guy was reading his Bible. And he, the boy, Jimmy, looked down. He said, that's a Bible, isn't it, mister? And he said, yes. He said, are you a Christian? And the guy said, yes. Do you believe in Jesus? And he goes, yes. <laughs> and Jimmy stepped back and took off again and turned around and came back. And he said, hey, mister. I said, what? He said, here. And he handed him his ticket, number five. He said, switch me tickets, mister. And he looked at this little boy and said, what? And he said, you look sick, more sick than me. You take my spot. I'll take yours. And he looked at the mother, and the mother was just gleaming. And she was just had tears in her eyes and just gleaming. And he, he said, now this is a man that has walked with Jesus. He said, I have for the first time in my life was smacked straight in the face of Christianity for real. And he, you know, when he took that ticket from that little boy and handed him his, he said he just felt, this is what it's supposed to be like. We have so much yet to live for, folks. I don't know when Jesus is coming back. But I want to be like Jimmy. I kind of already am in ways. But, but I want to be like the switching of the tickets. Let's, let's move on. <laughs> then a white robe, Revelation 6 11, was given to each of them, and they were told to rest a little longer till the full number of their brothers and sisters, their fellow servants of Jesus who were being martyred, had joined them. See, there's... You, I, I want to go in the rapture. How about you? I just I think that'd be a lot more fun. Okay? Uh, they're given right robes of righteousness, and they're told about patience, God's timing. Hold on just a little bit. It's not time yet. You know, isn't that something we all need? Don't we all need patience? You know, there's things in my life right now I have to be patient on, but I want patience for my patient. I don't want to be patient. I've waited long enough. You know, and Hebrews says, faith and patience bring the promise. Now, let's even go, let's, let's broaden that out. Instead of narrowing, let's, if we have faith in Jesus Christ and we have patience knowing he's coming back, is he not the promise? So let's just listen and just say, you know what, God, I want to do this your way. Again, think about righteousness, God's right way of doing things. Jimmy might have been a little boy of eight years old or whatever, how old he was. But he wasn't very old, but he knew enough to know this is how this is supposed to work. Isn't it, isn't it about serving? See, this isn't about us. This is not about you. It's not about me. It's about him. It's about serving him so that none have to go through what we're describing. Verse 12 of 6 through 14, the sixth seal is open. I watched the lamb broke the sixth seal, and there was a great earthquake. The sun became as dark as black cloth, and the moon became as red as blood. The stars of the sky fell to the earth like green figs falling from a tree, shaken by a strong wind. The sky was rolled up like a scroll, and all of the mountains and islands were moved from their places. What's happening? I mean, think about this. The sun is red. The moon is black. Stars fall. Skies rolled up. Islands, mountains move. Earthquakes. All this kind of stuff is happening. So I'm going out on a limb if you're like, you know, oh, what's going on? Pretty much you're going to figure this out as this is happening. If, if, if you're here, this judgment coming, man. That's what's happening. Things are happening. I mean, the things that God has put in place. Some say it is God just because man has taken all of this for granted. Some say that John is trying to describe a nuclear war, but you know he doesn't know about nuclear stuff, and he's doing his best to describe that. He's trying to say what's going on. But it is the gifts that God has put on this earth, and I think God is just saying, okay. But I believe we'll know. I'm thankful. I, I don't believe we'll be here during that time. The people on the earth will run for cover and hide for protection. Now, I'm going to read some scripture, and it's going to talk about people in high places and low places. But can I just say, there isn't going to be any place to hide. 
There's gonna, it doesn't matter what position you held on the earth. There is, it's going to be happening all over. So you will be on an equal plane. 6, 15, and 17, the kings of the earth, everyone, the kings of the earth, the rulers, the generals, the wealthy, the powerful, and every slave and every free person all hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. Now, and again, I'm just giving you some interpretations I feel led to give it to you right now. It's talking about, do you know that slaves can't set slaves free? So when they're talking about slaves, this, we're talking about people that are slaves, I believe he's talking about to the earth curse system. Free people are people that during this time have found Jesus Christ, but everybody is hiding. Are you with me? Okay. All hid themselves in the caves and among the rocks of the mountains. They cried to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us, hide us from the face of the one who sits on the throne. Think who sits in the king's chair. And from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of the wrath has come, who is able to survive? And this ends chapter 6. Six seals are open, there's one to go. We're going to cover that next week. Brings us up with a couple questions to look at. We're going to start getting into those next week as well. How do we know we won't go through the tribulation? And not all agree here on timing, so I'm just going to give you, and again, a synopsis as we, we start studying this out. Some people say pre-trib. In other words, before the trib is just the hip word for tribulation, okay? Pre-trib, trib, trib. So pre-trib, before trib, in other words, before all of this stuff happens out of here and and they'll give accounts just like you know god saved noah and his family you know but there was a lot of nasty stuff happening on the earth that's why that happened come on it wasn't like everything was peaceful and he said okay i'm gonna get out and make everything rough it was already getting pretty rough mid-trib there's people that are being like and remember that seven years being divided up there's people that like somewhere in the middle right when all of a sudden the antichrist is everybody's like oh wait this isn't who we think uh-oh some people say that, mid-trib, gone, we're out. Other people say post-trib. In other words, we'll go through all that, but before all the destruction comes and all that, then we're out of there for there. So that would be after. I believe, depending on how we decipher this, there's stuff going on now. You know what I'm saying? There, you know, again, like in Noah's day, there was a lot. The, the, the world was evil, and, and God was not pleased. I think we're getting to that spot. He's not going to destroy the world with a flood, but this has all been talked about in, you know, for Revelation. That's why Jesus went to the cross to die for you and I. He's coming back to get those that believe in him. Wouldn't it be better to go out that way and, and be in heaven? I mean, heaven, you know, streets of gold, diamonds, pearls, you know, you get a mansion. You know, you think Elmer Fudd had it good. You, it's going to be awesome. Here's the second thing where, you know, so much judgment, what happened to God's mercy, love, and grace? Now, it's the same God, same Jesus, same Holy Spirit, same yesterday, today, and tomorrow, or forever. Hebrews 13, 8, you can look at it in your Bible. It'll be up on the screen. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. His love for you is never diminished. It's never going to stop. Nothing you can do will change how much he loves you. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. That scripture alone, he is already setting you up for success to live with him forever. But choose this day who you will serve. For me in my house, we will serve the Lord. That's in Joshua. You have to choose. So much stuff is happening. We're going to cover things in chapter 7, and we're going to open up that last scroll. But I want to, I want to share with you just, just a quick story. I, I shared it in the first service, but I, I want to share it now. I feel the Lord wanted me to share it. I don't have all the answers for you. I mean, we could stay on one seal for weeks, literally. But I'm just giving you kind of an overview. When I was a little boy... I, you know, God, I had a dream, and I had a, I had a dream I was falling. You've ever dreamed you're falling? And I think most of us have probably had that dream where you, ah, and then you wake up when you hit the ground or something like that, you know, and you're like, whew. Well, I meant I was, I was in a tree, and I was always in a tree. <laughs> My mom was always trying to get me out of trees. But, I mean, I looked at trees like, oh, that's a good climbing tree. So if you've ever seen Pollyanna and that little boy like, that's the best climbing tree in the whole town. I was like, that's right. 
Because that's how I looked at trees. Oh, you can climb that one. Look how high up you could get. Anyway, I was falling, and I fell just like you would straddle a horse. I fell on somebody's back, and he was flying. It was Jesus. And I, I, I was right on his back. I was only like nine. And I, he, he looked over his shoulder, and he smiled real big, and he said, You want to fly by your house? I said, Yeah. Man, we, we flew by the house. He was like, we, he went over great big things and pointed them out to me and, and smiling. And I was just hanging on to his robe, you know, on the back of it. And I was just, I was just amazed. And then I woke up. I shared the dream with my mom. And she said, God's just, he's trying, he has plans for you. He's trying to tell you things. And it wasn't long after that, maybe within the next year, I, I was, I was awoken, uh, and I went downstairs. You ever have a dream and you're dreaming you're awake, but you're not? Don't look at me like I'm crazy. <laughs> There's a monster in there. <laughs> but I mean, I, I had this dream that I woke up. But I was really dreaming it. But I was, a, I was awake in my dream. Okay? I heard something. And in our house on Forest Street, if you went up the steps, there was 15, if you remember, because I could count them as my dad came up to spank me on a regular basis. <laughs> so... I'm up there, but you turn to the left, and there was a, a closet built in where mom kept the towels and the sheets. And isn't it funny, like to this day, I could open that, I could still smell what those smelled like. You know, just if you, you go to grandma's house or whatever, can you not smell? I mean, you're like, oh, that, just the, the smells of when you were growing up. Anyway, you turn, I turn left again. The bathroom was on the right, and down the hall was my room. My sister's room was right at the top of the steps. And so I left my room. I heard something down in the kitchen. I looked at my sister. She was still asleep. I didn't go in my parents' room. Um, I was assuming they were asleep. I went down the steps. There was a light coming from the kitchen. I went around the door. And now at the bottom of the steps, you turned right, you went into the kitchen. You turned left, you went into the dining room. If you remember the story, I also, those were the same steps. I thought I could fly. True story. 15 steps. I had a cape and everything. Capes do not help you fly. Make a note. About five steps down, I realized this is painful. <laughs> Went all the way down. Anyway, I turned right in the kitchen, standing at the stove, was Jesus. And he's cooking popcorn. Why is it popcorn? I don't know. Maybe when we were growing up, that was really a cheap snack, and we had it all the time. We'd go, remember the drive-in movies? My mom, she would make us a big, a big, like a big paper bag she used to get, not the plastic ones that you get now, but the paper bags. She'd fill that thing up with popcorn and just cover it with butter, and it'd have big grease spots all over. We'd go to the drive-in movie, and all the kids, you all know, you went in your pajamas, and, and you saw everybody at the snack bar, and it was just fun. We'd sit out in our lawn chairs, or we'd sit, and you'd put that speaker on the window. Anyway, another story, another time. But he's popping popcorn, and he turns around, and he looks at me, and he says, you know, something like, smells good, you want some? I said, yeah. And, and I sat down, and he came over, and he sat down, Brought the bowl of popcorn. He was putting butter on it and everything and sat down. And he was just looking at me smiling. And I woke up. Now, you know, what does this have to do with Revelation? I really don't know. But I'm telling you, if God loves me to give me dreams like that, that, I, you know, I've looked at that and thought about that, the times I've seen angels, the times that I saw an image of the Lord, the time I saw the Lord or I believed it was the Lord. You know, I mean, all these things. I've heard God all, he loves you too. And he is providing a way that no matter how bad it gets, he's providing you a way out. And I want to encourage you today. I don't want you to, I don't want fear to take you. I, I, people say, well, you don't know when this is going to happen. I don't. But I know where I'm going. And I know how I'm going out. If I'm still alive, and I believe I will be, I get to fly. I don't even have a cape. It's going to be okay. Now I want to say one more thing. It's 1139. Will you give me two more minutes, and, and we're going to do an altar call. Okay? My kids, when they were growing up, I'm, we made it. Kim and I made it. This is how we live. This is how we believe. We didn't ask their permission. We didn't see if they liked it, and we didn't want to, well, okay, well, we're not going to force you. 
no, this is what the Bible says, and this is how it is. So we were close as a family, still are to this day. When we were in ministry, our kids were each other's best friend because we would go to take a new church or do whatever. We didn't know anybody. It'd just be us. So when we, we played a game we called Daddy in the Backyard, which is another name for when you might have played Ghost in the Graveyard. Same principle, but I didn't want to give credit to any kind of ghost. So I just said, Daddy in the backyard. And so I would go hide. We lived on 16 acres. Now, I wouldn't hide on 16 acres. We had boundaries. My kids, had never. I'd still be there today. Well, we never found him. Hope he comes back. I don't know. But, I, you know, we'd go, and I would go hide, and then they would come and find me. And when they would find me, or I would jump out, and I would scare them. There was a base, and they had to run back before I could get them. And they would be screaming, Daddy in the backyard! And I'd, I'd, I'd climb on roofs. I'd hide in trees. Go figure. I, you know, they, they should have known. He's going to go high. But anyway, I, so I would do that. And we laughed until our sides hurt. And I would laugh at the, at the boys. They'd be telling Mal, go see if he's in the barn. She'd be like, you go see if he's in the barn. Let's send Maddie. Yeah, Maddie, you go see if he's in the barn. You know, let's send and sacrifice the smallest one. Why not? My point is this. There's times in that game, they, I think they were scared, but not of who was coming. Because they knew it was Daddy. Daddy's coming back. He's sending Jesus. I don't want you to be scared. One of these times, we're going to hear a trumpet, and it'll be Daddy in the backyard, and we're going to go see him. And you're going to go in such a way, it's going to be amazed. And then the people that are left have to deal, unfortunately, have to deal with judgment. And there's going to be a couple things. You know, there is a couple judges or judgments. There's the Bema judgment, which is if you're a believer, you'll be judged for what you did or didn't do. In Christ. In other words, you've made heaven. That's not under scrutiny. You're, you're just going to, did you do what I've asked you? Were you obedient? Did you, you know, could you have done this? And, and it's not going to be condemning. He's, you're going to look at what you, potential, I think, of what could have happened or what he wanted you to do. And again, what we do in this life will echo in what we do in the next. And then the great white throne judgment. Now, that's when everybody stands before the Lord. That's when everything is given up. The people that have died at sea, the people that have went on before us uh, that don't know Jesus, every that's that judgment. And then we'll be where you'll see Pastor Kim wanting to go out and kick the enemy into the lake of fire. Um, but So a lot of things coming, but it is God's will that you not perish because Daddy's coming. Would you bow your heads, close your eyes, please. Father, and those